There was a point in history when Detroit, the great motor city, was a robust metropolis, drawing in hundreds of thousands of people from across the world as its job market boomed. At the center of all this growth was the point from where all its newcomers would venture into their new lives. A 15-story tall building overseeing 18 railway tracks connecting the city to places like Chicago, New York, and even beyond to Canada, a legendary place named Michigan Central Station. Contemporary images portray this edifice sitting empty, derelict, graffiti covered with broken windows. And indeed, after the last train departed its tracks on January the 5th, 1988, the station simply fell apart. However, today, a new spark has ignited, and there's a chance for the station's return. This is the story of transportation, architecture, and abandonment. This is the story of Michigan's Central Station. I'm your host, Ryan Sokash, and you're watching It's History. Around the beginning of the 1910s, when Detroit was growing into a major city, construction of a new railway station was nearing its completion. Designed in the Beaux-Arts style, Michigan Central Station was projected by several of the same architects that had designed New York City's Grand Central Station. At the time of its opening, it was the tallest railway station in the world, though it did have a bit of a rough start since its preceding station burnt down in December of 1913, forcing the new station into an early opening. Its 18 tracks immediately made it a crucial artery in the circulation of American industry, getting the workers of the Industrial Revolution across the region we now refer to as the Rust Belt. Thousands of workers would come from all over the United States, and not just the Northeast. The station saw a large influx of African Americans from southern states looking to escape early 20th century conditions of hardship. There were also arrivals from across the pond. Many immigrants found themselves passage to the United States through Michigan Central Station as well, thanks to the connection to Canada through a tunnel beneath the Detroit River. This Canada connection was vital for thousands of people from Europe and the Middle East to enter the United States. Just as its sister station in New York would connect newly arrived immigrants to the rest of the country, Michigan Central Station would become a source of thousands of new American arrivals. In fact, some historians such as Steve Babson directly pointed to this correlation calling the station the Ellis Island of Detroit. As the Industrial Revolution really started to take hold and the first Ford Model Ts rolled off the assembly lines, workers came in from all around the world to help really give Detroit the name Motor City. Many came from Britain through the Canada connection, but other railways were by no means idle. In the early 1910s, and even before that, Ellis Island was directing skilled workers from European countries such as Italy and Poland to go to Detroit by request of the city's Board of Commerce. By the time the Industrial Revolution was hitting its peak in the middle of the Roaring Twenties, Detroit's population had increased fivefold from what it was in 1906, the majority of which stepped through the gates of Michigan Central Station. Though wherever one looks at the history in the 1920s, especially American history, the 1929 stock market crash always looms, and the coming decades would not be kind to Detroit. During the Depression, the pistons of the motor cities sputtered and stalled. 
as millions of Americans lost their jobs. The station would continue its operations, but a concerning dip in the station's prosperity would be observed in this period, oddly to be reconciled with an economy of war. In the late 1930s, as the fires of war burned across the Atlantic, the people of Detroit suddenly had a lot of work on their hands. Serving as one of the main contributors to the arsenal of democracy, Detroit had been pumping out the weapons and vehicles of war, with the Ford Motor Company being a large contributor to the latter. Hence, more workers would find themselves coming in to assist the building of the arsenal through Michigan Central Station. In these trying times, several trains such as the Twilight Limited, the Mercury, and the Wolverine would travel the rails of Michigan Central Station, foregoing the golden age of rail travel as they moved. One such train was the Empire State Express, beginning its service on one December day in 1941. Just so happens, the same day would live on in infamy. Through the actions of a few hundred Japanese aircraft, American isolationism was laid to rest. So the United States fully mobilized for war. Michigan Central Station found itself awash in soldiers moving out for deployment. Families said their goodbyes to loved ones going out to fight and greeted those returning on leave with open arms. The enormity of the station was matched with its massive crowds that would travel to and fro during the wartime bustle. The arsenal of democracy found itself a very bountiful supplier in the Motor City, and the US military had no shortage of Detroit's sons within its ranks. But with the flash of the atomic bomb in August 1945 and the end of the Second World War, Detroit's motor industry had reached its zenith and only moved downhill from there. Shifting back to a civilian economy, America's automobile manufacturers began creating expensive and intricate car models, leaving the more entry-level vehicles to import. Japanese imports in particular began rapidly eating up the market as their products quality swiftly improved. Any attempt to meet these products at home just led to lower quality than the imports, and thus the motor industry of America continued to stagnate. This had a direct effect on the station. As less and less people were coming into Detroit, Michigan Central Station was becoming more and more quiet. Not dead just yet, but its demise was rapidly approaching as the 1960s drew ever closer. In July of 1967, long-standing social tensions and unemployment erupted into a series of citywide, full-scale riots over the course of five days after a drinking club in an African-American community was raided. As 400 buildings were damaged beyond repair, over a thousand people were injured and 43 died, the fires in the engine of the Motor City were snuffed out. Nearly 100,000 people fled the city over the course of the next two years. The devastation of these riots are still very present in modern-day Detroit, as some of the damage caused was never fully repaired. Desolation would follow in the next few years. One of the buildings that suffered greatly from the riots was Michigan Central Station, as from that point, its railway service permanently stunted and only decreased ending service in 1988 as a Chicago-bound train departed its tracks. The station shut its doors and the building was left to rot. Without much hesitation, scrappers began to illegally dismantle the station's valuables, including a grand chandelier that once graced the cathedral-like entrance. But for the time frame, this was basically just a reflection of the city as a whole. Struggle was observed throughout, 
with industry continuing its decline until General Motors and Chrysler both filed bankruptcy in 2009. The city's municipality itself followed suit in 2013, becoming the largest U.S. municipality to ever go bankrupt. Michigan Central Station set derelict, falling apart. One of the city's most recognizable monuments remained empty for decades, becoming something of a poster child for ruined photography in the city. The station, once bustling with life and teeming with travelers, now laid still and cold as if that shadow chasing the city ever since the Great Depression finally had its way. Travelers came in by plane, car, or trains that connected elsewhere, and Michigan Central was a center of travel no longer. A little urban decay never seems to stop the people of Detroit, a town that, as we learned in our episode about Book Tower, saves their masterpieces. So throughout all the broken windows and cold gray brick, Large amounts of graffiti sometimes convey an unexpected message, specifically, save the depot. For years, the structure's owners left the station abandoned and falling apart, against the wishes of politicians who wished to see the station torn down. As a result, much of the graffiti began to reflect proclamations of its salvation, because even as Detroit began to pull itself out from the depths of destruction, the station remained in dismay as the city finally began to recover one of its largest monuments to the previous age sat in despair and ruin. But unlike the fate of Penn Station in New York, this station still had a chance. Despite its horrific conditions with water damage, holes in the floor, people wanted to see it be saved, so they made their voices be heard. The continuous protesting of its demolition and the generally unsettling state of one of Detroit's most iconic buildings eventually drew the attention of Ford, who decided that it would be a shame to leave this building to its fate. So in 2018, the Ford Motor Company bought Michigan Central Station with the intention of rebuilding it and transforming it into the centerpiece of a new future of transportation, as it once was the center of Detroit's golden age of transport. Ford plans to keep the building mostly open to the public, as it was back in its heyday, not only planning to refurbish Michigan Central Station, but also encourage new residential development in the surrounding area, already having spent over $750 million on the station alone, using the technological advantages at their disposal, such as 3D scanning, Designs of the interior and its missing features are already well underway. The project is imagined to turn out a campus of cutting-edge technology, not unlike California's Silicon Valley. So what about the return of transport to the station? Well, Bill Ford has stated that he would very much enjoy the return of Michigan Central Station's trains, so it's not out of the cards just yet, although it's not guaranteed either, since regional transportation has the final say on that, not Ford but talks have taken place, which is encouraging. The building's future lies beyond just trains and automobiles. As technology progresses, the building must also progress, just as it did in its beginning years. Michigan Central Station's best years were when it was at the forefront of technology, the source of immigrant workers entering a new life, and when it was utilized by America's bravest young men. As American technology and society moved away from the rails and factories, the station fell out of use and into despair. And although its story is by no means complete, hopefully one day we can recapture the glory of its youth and escape the throes of urban decay.
So as Michigan Central Station connected Detroit with the rest of America, you should help connect your friends with its story by sharing this video or subscribing. Check out our series, Tales of Urban Decay, and thank you for watching. This is Ryan Sokash, signing off.